104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. Yes, it is that time again where we spend an hour talking about all, well, at least all that we can fit into an hour about the world of sports. I'm Joe Weston. I'm joined in the studio by our resident sports guru, Ned Reynolds. Ned, how are you? How do you spell guru? N-I-T-W-I-T. <laughs> no, come on. You're a, well, I'm not supposed to say that. It but, is a beautiful day in the Ozarks. Sun is out. It's finally warm. The flowers are blooming. Life is good. Spring is here. John Oliver joins us. John, how are you today? I'm fantastic. This is the best time of the year for me sports-wise. You've got yeah. March Madness. You've got baseball getting ready to start. I love it. Golf, mm-hmm. NBA, and football. Spring football. Mm-hmm. We've got a special guest with us today. It's Jake Gillett. Jake, did I say that right? That's right. Gillette. Okay. All right. I did say that right. I want to be sure that I'm saying it right. <laughs> Jake hosts a podcast. What's the name of your podcast? A Very Weird Fantasy Football. A Very Weird Fantasy Football. That's right. All right. I'm going to try to remember that. He is a, uh, he's a sports nut like all of us. So where do you guys want to start at? I guess the best place to start is the brackets. Sure. Ned, did you do a bracket? Did you do I, a bracket I have, and they are an absolute disaster. <laughs> everything that I didn't expect to happen did, and everything I expected to happen did not. It's been a total reverse. When you see some of the uh, surprises going on, and you see it every year, it's nothing new. But how do you explain an Oral Roberts winning in their game? How do you explain an Abilene Christian winning their game? Uh, these are teams that are good. They are good for one or two games. You have to remember, these are all Division One athletes, and they're recruited as Division One athletes. And while they might not have the consistency of some of the, the Big Ten, Big 12, uh, Southeastern Conference, ACC teams, on a daily basis for one or two games, they can get up there and kick somebody's behind, and they have chosen to do that in the NCAA tournament. So no billion dollars from Warren Buffett for you? It went down the drain on the first day. Really? Where, 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 did, where did you go off the rails at? I, I can't remember exactly what the first game was. I think it was in the play-in rounds because oh, I really? did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't have UCLA. Uh, I had Michigan State winning their game, so it was going right from the get-go. John, what about you? Uh, my bracket's a similar mess at this point. Uh, I can say it's really been entertaining up to this point, and that's why I love March Madness. You know, the phrase is, anything can happen. Uh, Ned and I were kind of talking before we went on the air and, you know, I I don't want to go old man Oliver on everybody, but what's winning these games for these lower seeds are free throws. You have to shoot well from the line. And we're seeing it time and time again, these big athletic schools with these high flying scorers, you don't make your free throws. You're not going to win. All right, Jake, what about you? Well, it's funny you bring in Warren Buffett. He called me last night at 11.30 because <laughs> when I had Abilene beating Texas, that completed my so far unbeatable bracket. I am undefeated. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like these guys had Wichita State beating Drake. So right out the gate, yep. right out the gate I was already busted. Really? I didn't fill out a bracket. I uh, have stopped filling out brackets because I'm just horribly bad at it. I'm horribly bad at fantasy sports. That's why Jake's here today, is I just need advice. I'm, I'm bad about the well, Joe, bad why about do you suppose that Buffett offers the immense treasure chest that he nobody's going to win? It's, no. It's infin- no, no, no. The odds are you, just... You can't. They're but insane. the funny thing is, somebody is someday somebody might. 
Oh, just yeah. on sheer accident might win mm-hmm. that whole thing. It, but it's, it's it's crazy. Not going to be while I'm on this earth. I know that. <laughs> it's it just it's so so ridiculously the odds are so overwhelmingly against something like that happening that it is nothing's impossible. I understand, but that's as close to being impossible as you can possibly get. How many games have you watched so far? In all honesty, probably about five mm-hmm. that I've seen all the way through. Five that I've really had intense interest in. Did not see Missouri-Oklahoma last night because of another commitment. But I really felt like Mizzou would win that game, and they didn't. Again, that's one of those circumstances in which you, I think Missouri's probably a better team than OU, but hey, Oklahoma got them, and that's what counts. John, how many games you watched? I watched a lot. I mean, as far as full games, probably zero. But as far as going back and forth, I probably watched 10 or 11 games yesterday total. I'd... Yet again, the back in my day thing when we only had CBS or whoever broadcast them and you just had the live look-ins, what a great thing it is to be able to go between four different stations and check in on every single game. Have you been locking yourself in your bedroom at your house to keep uh, the kids in care away from you? No, you I'm watch? good. Actually, my wife loves this. She's not a huge basketball fan other than this time of the year with college basketball, so she's actually having a great time watching it. Okay. Jack, yeah. What about you? Normally, I would watch the first two days. Remember how it used to be Thursday, Friday? Mm-hmm. And I would lock myself at Bears here in town, and yeah. they'd give me the remote controls, and I'd have all the TVs going. But um, I had a commitment, too. Like Ned said, I'm a firefighter here in town, so I had to work two days oh, in nice. a row. And I, So I watched three total out of all the games that's been played. I've, I've watched three uh, Jake, w- when you're on duty, can you can you watch it? There, there's a lot of dead time during that period. In the background. Yeah. And I will not, you know, we do have some downtime, but... Yeah, it was on in the background. I got to watch the KU game yesterday. I was kind of intrigued with that, with how terrible they're playing, mm-hmm. which they almost gave that a game, that game away. They did. Any surprises so far for any of you, Ned? Let's we'll start with you. All the upsets, yeah. Yep. <laughs> some of the, a lot of upsets. Uh, yeah. Some of the younger teams that you don't normally hear about. ORU, of course, was a Bears would have been a Bears opponent and and has been in the in the past and not really a great team yet. They come up with a win. The Ohio University game. That did not surprise me because Ohio it comes from the Mid-America, and they play a pretty good level of basketball. They've had some teams that have gone a long way in, the, in a lot of tournaments and in a lot of rankings. That didn't surprise me. But Abilene Christian is a virtually new Division I program. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think they were they're 2013 or 2014, somewhere around there. But they're Southland Conference champions. And Southland Conference is pretty good. Bears play Southland Conference teams as Central Arkansas and play them all the time. Occasionally, a Sam Houston and a uh, some of the Incarnate Word and some of those other teams. But uh, the fact of the matter remains that what I said earlier, I think, really remains intact, and that is: Are there really any upsets at this time of the year? Now you get to the Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, Final Four. Yes, then you have upsets, but. In uh, cases like this where you have 16 games one day and 16 the other, and you have teams that are capable of winning on a, on a given day like the NFL, uh, anybody can win on a given day, I don't really consider them upsets at all. Mm-hmm. They can happen. John, what about you? Well, as Ned said, not to call them upsets, but some pleasant surprises, uh, I will say <laughs> BYU – just absolutely never really got in that game with UCLA. UCLA looked fantastic moving the ball, had fantastic interior defense. Ned and I were talking about this too earlier. I actually had Michigan State winning that play-in game, and I had them beating BYU. Well, BYU lost, but unfortunately it was to the other team. So, 
what could you do? But no, as he said, Oral Roberts really impressed me. They've got the nation's leading scorer. I cannot pronounce the young man's name. I listened to it probably 20 times, and I can't get it right. That whippersnapper's name. Yeah, but he is, he's, he's a phenomenal shooter. And then, again, free throws, free throws. Just a really good game plan from their coach. John's not 80, by the way. He's uh, younger than Ned. I'm 72. He, Come but on. He sounds, but he, <laughs> he sounds older than Ned. All right, Jake, what about you? Your uh, takeaways so far. I have to agree with these guys. You know, with COVID, it's a little bit different. You've got no fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when everybody's like, well, where are you going? Where are you favored? There's no favorites this year because, yeah, we have Gonzaga, who's number one. But when you normally have where a team can play somewhat close to their home state or home stadium and have, like, 5,000 fans in there, mm-hmm. that's not happening this year. So the ORU thing really surprised me. Like you said, the leading scorer in the nation. Abilene had one of the has one of the best defenses in the nation. They forced twenty two turnovers by Texas last night, and Texas had no reason not to win that game. I, I'm a Big Twelve guy, so I've watched all these guys play, and mm-hmm. so those are the two ones that really stick out to me is the ORU game and the Abilene Christian. Being a Big Twelve guy, what do you think the Shaka Smart's uh, future is at Texas now after losing a game like that? I was talking to a guy last night. He's a big Texas guy, and he says he's got to go. Ooh, that's he tough. Is. And they've got some really good talent that's going to go to the NBA and mm-hmm. not. And, you know, it's just kind of like what we're watching right now with Loyola playing Illinois. Like you got these kids that want to be the, at the premier club like Illinois or want to be at Texas, but they got to go play at Texas, you know, or at uh, Abilene Christian or over here in Loyola, Chicago. So they want to beat the, this is like their dream is to beat those guys. So, mm-hmm. you know, any, any given Sunday, any given game, right. and these guys showed up and played. And what's really interesting in my mind, uh, Jake, is this transfer portal that exists now. These guys are putting on some of these players you've never heard of before, putting on a great show (laughs) and other coaches. Who is that kid? What's his phone number? Mm -hmm. They can do that sort of thing now. And uh, I don't know whether there's uh, such a thing as tampering in the NCAA (laughs) or even if anybody pays attention to it. But I can promise you that some of these kids who are uh, excelling at a great level are now being, or at least being, on somebody else's radar. Well, now that's funny you say that. Kelvin Sampson yesterday, they were talking about a quote that he had before the game. There was a, a kid on the other squad they were playing. I don't remember the team's name, but they asked him what he thought about it, and he goes, well, he's welcome here anytime. <laughs> don't you just love that? Oh, yeah. That's a, there's a subliminal line right there. And Kelvin Sampson is the perfect individual. <laughs> yes, he is. He'll be fine for that comment, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, your local live sports talk show. Bracket, we've covered it. Let's let's talk about some uh, NFL news that's going on right now that's uh, big. We'll start with, the, I think, kind of an interesting story on many different levels, and I, I want to get your take on it, Ned. I, if I can talk, specifically thought of you when we the story came up this week about Deshaun Watson. Um, I'll, I'll say up front, I find it interesting that he's got all this um, – shall we say smoke but this never appeared when he was playing mm-hmm. or said that he wanted mm-hmm. to be in Houston and now that he says that he wants out now there's a lot of shade what's your thoughts well he's one of these guys who has gone to the books and maybe watched television and seen what some of these other athletes can uh, kind of absorb from making a lot of noise and you're right Deshaun Watson is not that sort of person but he has made this. I'm not so sure he's going to go. You know, the Texans have to come up with some kind of a deal uh, if that's the case, and they're going to want an awful lot for him. 
By the same token, they can also sweeten the pot in in uh, Houston and have him stay around. I, I, I'm not so sure he is going to leave, just as I'm not so sure that Russell Wilson is not going to leave Seattle. I think he might, and it may be, and you're going to probably get into this too in a, in a few seconds, but about the Chicago Bears, they're not done yet with him. That, that could happen. <laughs> okay. John, your thoughts on Deshaun Watson? Um, on Deshaun, I will say he's been in a bad situation for a while. Obviously, the coaching, the general manager situation there last year was horrid for him. However, I'm not excusing him of the things he's being accused for, but as Ned kind of mentioned, and you did as well, it's interesting that all of this stuff with 16 was the number I heard yesterday, women coming forward. Where was this before? So it seems to me, I mean... I'm I'd love to check the phone records at the the Texans' office and see what calls they've been making, but it it almost seems like a sabotage effort to me. Jake, what's your thoughts? I think he needs to call Robert Kraft's attorney. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first thing that came to my mind. But honestly, you know, here's and you brought this up a good point. Why this happened back in March of last year? Why now? Why mm-hmm. did this just come out? Now we'll tell you. I find it interesting. There's apparently some apologetic texts. Um, but Deshaun also was scrolling Instagram to see what these ladies look like. This is kind of what, because he was DMing, which means direct messaging, mm-hmm. these girls from Instagram saying, hey, I see you're in the area. I see you're a masseuse. So he had that, you know, when you go to a massage therapist for the first time, you really don't know what these people look like, and it didn't really matter. But what I'm saying is I, I feel like there might be a little bit of smoke there because he was able to pick and choose who he wanted, and he is a star. He is an NFL mm-hmm. quarterback, top ten. So, but I, 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 it's going to be interesting here in the next few months what's going to happen with him. And I also read somewhere where some of the leak could, could have came from a next door neighbor, which was the owner or the GM of the Texans. <laughs> so the guy's kind of reporting some of the stuff. So it, it's weird. It, it, there's a lot of variables here. I'm interested to hear you say too about the allegations being of, of such lengthy duration. Uh, how often does this happen? If, if right. something uh, we see in politics, we see it with mm-hmm. uh, individuals who are in the news quite often. When some of these uh, suggestions are made, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon here. We'll see, and, and I agree with Jake. Uh, something is probably going to happen in the next couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. he may not uh, find himself as being the uh, – he may find himself personal non grata with some of those teams. Exactly. However, I will also be surprised if that does happen. He, after all, the guy is a football player and a pretty good one. Well, we've seen guys who've obviously done worse, and there's been proof that they've done worse. <laughs> I mean, video proof. I mean, do we need to go on the whole thing with the Chiefs? Yeah. And they still find a job in the NFL. Yep. If you can produce, they're still they're going to put you out on the field. So mm-hmm. that's the thing. That moves us to Russell Wilson, who um, Russell Wilson, top three quarterback in the NFL. You guys think that? You agree? Oh, you yeah, agree with absolutely. That? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, he's saying he'd like to get out of Seattle. I've, I I heard an interesting story this week I wanted to chat with you about, Ned, and that was the four teams that he's chosen. It's uh, it's the Bears, the Raiders, the Cowboys, and the other team was escaping me right now. No, 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 I can't remember. I can't remember who the fourth team was, but none of them have high draft picks that make it a lucrative trade to get mm-hmm. another arm for Seattle. Um do you think that maybe that's posturing on Russell Wilson's part, or do you think this is it, this is real? <laughs> no, I think it's probably posturing on the Seahawks' part because the Chicago Bears are said to have offered three first-round yes. draft choices mm-hmm. plus two other players, players to be named later, I guess, 
uh, for his services, and the Seahawks did not find that attractive enough. I think probably they're wanting a better deal or the best deal. That's why I say I don't think this thing is done at all. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Russell Wilson in another uniform, mm-hmm. more than likely the Chicago Bears if that does happen. But by the same token, you can see how these teams have to be very careful considering salary caps and some of the other legislative uh, barriers that exist in the NFL about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. So while it may not happen right away, I, I'm not so sure it's not going to happen, though. What's your thoughts, John? Well, I can solve the mystery for you. While those teams you mentioned, and I don't know who the fourth team is, may not have high draft picks, it's probably offensive line that he's looking at because all of those teams are very strong on the offensive line. He has been under pressure more than any quarterback in the league the last few years. He's been sacked more times than any other quarterback in the league. He wants protection, and that's something quarterbacks of that caliber deserve. I don't want to go back to the Super Bowl, but if we do, that game was won and lost on the offensive line for the Chiefs. And I'm sure we're going to talk about some of the moves that have been made there as well. But Russell Wilson needs protection, and he doesn't feel like he's going to get that in Seattle. So I don't blame him on this at all. Ask Patrick Mahomes about that. <laughs> right. Uh, I think, was it the Vikings? Was that the uh, maybe the fourth? Oh, team? I think that was. I think you're right. Yep. Well, you know. What, how do you feel if you're Andy Dalton at this moment? Because the Bears have said, you're our guy. Yeah. And then they're looking to shop for Russell Wilson. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Jake, your thoughts. You know, when you, you, when you start reading stuff, like you said, first round, three first round picks. But if you really dig into that, how good of a picks are they getting? If you make the playoffs, they're, you're going to have somewhere between pick 19 and, and 32. Mm-hmm. So Chicago made the playoffs, 8-8. Eight and eight. So they're in that top echelon of not great picks. You know, if you got the number one pick, you're batting a thousand. I think any time you have a pick that's nineteenth or greater, you're in like the two hundred point two zero nine. So it's not a great pick. And mm-hmm. if they do trade him to the Bears and he they now turn into a possible Super Bowl contender and they're making the playoffs, that makes those number one draft picks mm-hmm. even worse. Really. So I think if you really think about the Chicago thing. It looks good on paper. It passes. You know, it, it, it's one of those things where you're like, man, that's that looks fantastic. I can't believe that. And Khalil Mack was on the table. That was one of the players. I can't remember the other one. Yep. But is that really a good deal for Seattle? Right. At the end of the day, Seattle has to make sure that they cover their butts in this deal. Mm-hmm. And getting a possible decent quarterback in the draft is where they really, you know, they got to focus around their future. And Russell's not any, he's not a spring chicken. He's no. great. But uh, they've got to look towards the future. And is that the, really the best thing for them? So the fourth team is an interesting one. It's the Saints. Oh, the Saints. Saints. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting because I don't think that uh, we've we've had a decision yet on their quarterback situation yet. Well, it made some deals along the line. I've forgotten mm-hmm. who it was who they brought in there, but somebody to um, to take uh, Drew Brees' place. But you're right. Uh, QB mm-hmm. is probably going to be their, their chief concern if they want to get back into it. They have the rest of their team basically intact. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the leader on the field, you have to have that individual out there. Uh, I don't know if they've made any any concrete moves with somebody. Who who'd they get? Well, they have James, James Winston. James Winston. That's and you got it. Tyson, uh, Taysom Hill, mm-hmm. and they're saying who's it going to be. I pick James Winston. If I'm going to, I do too. You know, uh, I, I I pick a newcomer because I don't think <laughs> yep. either one of them is uh, in the leadership that uh, leadership category 
that a Drew Brees is. Of course, how many others are? Not very many. But I think maybe there may be a deal somewhere along the line, and maybe they're the ones who would be in the market for a Russell Wilson. That'd be fantastic. Give Drew, Tom Brady some, you know, keep him <laughs> kind of level on, on the right. playing field. In that <laughs> Real division. quickly, let's uh, let's hit the home team. The Chiefs made a couple of big moves this week, and uh, your thoughts on their signings. Well, the Tooney kid from uh, New England is the real deal. Yes. He was their <laughs> franchise player. Uh, but one person on the offensive line doesn't make all that much of a difference. Now, Kyle Long, just look at him. Yes, three-time pro bowler and all that sort of thing. And a very He's, he's huge. He's about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and 325", somewhere around there. But you better have some depth on the bench because that guy has not made it through one right. single season. Right. He has been injury-prone. He is still injury-prone. He sat out all of last year. That's my worry about uh, uh, Duvernay Tardif, too. He sat out last year. I don't Mm -hmm. care who you are or what profession you're in. When you have taken a year off from anything, you lose your timing. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily mean physical timing. Mentally, you lose your approach. And whether or not you can get that back in in short order, that's not necessarily a given. So uh, with, with uh, the long kid, I think, that's Howie Long's son, mm-hmm. uh, you're taking a, a bit of a risk, although he does certainly have a very good pro pedigree, three-time Pro Bowl All-Star, and, and he's huge. They will help. The Tooney kid will really help. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's a big deal, but you better have some more out there. All right, sounds good. We'll talk more about everything in sports, or roundtable discussions coming up, and MSU football. More good news right here on 104.7 The Cave, Ned Talk. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Yes, we are. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Talking some sports on a Sunday afternoon with a lot of sports going on in the world. Golf, baseball, of course, basketball, NBA, brackets, men's, women, NIT, high school basketball. It's a great time of year. Also, there's some football going on, too, and uh, we have more good news to report for our own Missouri State Bears. Really couldn't be any more proud of a team that's come on. They've never, ever seemed to win at Northern Iowa. It's been a house of horrors for them, the Unidome. I think, uh, let's see, Art Haynes and I broadcast one game up there, and it may have been 1989 or 88, somewhere around there, where they won. And uh, then in 98, maybe they won. You can count on one hand the number of times <laughs> the Bears not only have won in the Unidome, but one period against Northern Iowa. That's mm-hmm. a team that has absolutely owned Missouri State. Last last night, well, yesterday afternoon, uh, the Bears go up their late afternoon game and win it with defense, beat uh, Northern Iowa, which is n- probably not as good as they have been, but that's not to make excuses. The Bears win it 13-6. to uh, do get the only touchdown of the game, then they are able to capitalize on several field goals, and that's all Northern Iowa got were field goals. 13-6 to victory, which is a very big one, and may just have the Bears knocking on the door of gaining the top 25 in Division One AA or FCS football. Next week, they have Southern Illinois coming in here. SIU's pretty good, and uh, that'll be a nice little challenge, but that game will be here, mm. and hopefully Saturday afternoon... And the last Saturday in March, with the sun will be out yeah. and everything will be good and warm. Anyway, that's beside the point. The Bears are playing well, and Bobby Petrino's done a great job with this team. Mm-hmm. It's this time of the show that I always point out that we have not received our complimentary tickets from Kyle <laughs> Motes or 
Cliff Smart. So you guys are listening out there, and I know you are. You're probably riveted to the radio at this moment. We need those uh, tickets because we want to go to the game. When's the last time you remember Missouri State being this good, John? Last time I remember them being this good was when DeAndre Smith was there. That's absolutely the last time I remember. Are you excited about the Bears this year? I am. I really am. Uh, Ned, you probably know the name, and I'm sorry I don't know the young man's name, but the transfer kid on defense from... Braswell. Oh, my gosh. From the the school that we were watching a little while ago in the women's game, Central Michigan. He is fantastic. No, it's just, it's, it's a different vibe. And as I said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'll give Petrino credit. He has totally changed the culture in this amount of time, and the team's fun to watch. Jake, your thoughts on Missouri State football. Yeah, 100%. He's changed the culture. We were just talking about it before the show, Ned and I was, how it's the same kids. Mm-hmm. They really didn't have anybody really transfer out, the, but they've changed from being the worst defense to one of the ones that really <laughs> – someone that's you need to know what's, who's coming to town and what's going on because they're going to hold you to zero points, very little stuff. I know NIU didn't have their quarterback yesterday, COVID, mm-hmm. but don't, not taking anything away from the Bears – They've won two in a row against top twenty-five teams. Mm-hmm. And they're going on. They're coming. You know, this coming weekend's a big game for them. And I do think they were ranked thirty-seventh. So knocking on the, that door of the top twenty-five is big for our city. And let's get out there and support them next week. Absolutely, Seriously, we need to get out there and put our butts in the seats and, and yell loud for these guys. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear you say that too, Jake, because that is, that is right. Not just not just in football, but in all the sports. Mm-hmm. That used to be where. You couldn't get into games. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the stadium was a lot smaller back then, but by the same token, uh, the football was exciting. You mentioned the DeAndre Smith, Jesse Branch era, mm-hmm. but it, and, and the Bears were an exciting triple option team. And, of course, you have to have the horses to run the triple option, <laughs> and the Bears did have them. Uh, DeAndre was such a great quarterback. They've actually had some winning teams since then. Mm-hmm. Under Terry Allen and Randy Ball, there were some winning yep. teams, but they weren't playoff teams. That's, right. the, that's why we don't remember them. But they've had, they've had representative football. But this team is. And here they are playing, I hope, I hope for the only spring, the one and only yes. spring that we'll ever see uh, <laughs> football because it just is simply out of our mindset. But nonetheless, it is a solid team that does deserve support, and I think they're going to play very well. This game with SIU, and Jake pointed this out, is a very big game coming up on Saturday. I think mm-hmm. it's starting at 2 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken, with – Daylight saving, that shouldn't make any difference. Right. It'll, be, it'll still be sunny. <laughs> uh, but the fact is that uh, Southern Illinois is a very good football team, and it'll be a good challenge for the Bears. When you pull up the Bears record online, it comes up as being 3-4 and four because they lost three games in the fall session of football. They're, but that's really not indicative of way the way they're playing right now. They're actually 3-1 and one in mm-hmm. the spring session, and they lost to perennial national championship power this is the only game that they've lost so far and they've taken on like you said some very good teams and they played them very tight and they've won some games and north dakota state while they had one slump against southern illinois in which they got blown out 38 to 14 i think that may have been an anomaly to come here the next week shut out the bears shut it mm-hmm. shut them out 25 to nothing and have won since then, including yesterday, where they beat the top team in the Valley, North Dakota, their arch rival from Grand Forks, and beat them up pretty good. Uh, North Dakota State is still North Dakota State. (laughs) (laughs) They're still pretty good. they got a tough schedule to go ahead of them, though, but this is all optimistic stuff for fall football, too. Absolutely. Well, there's yeah, and and the Bears will play many of these same teams Mm -hmm. again within the calendar year. And that says something, too, because they're going to have an idea 
Uh, Coach Petrino will know fully well how to handle the teams now and how to uh, how to uh, perhaps set a game plan for dealing with them both defensively well on, on all aspects of the game. I'm wondering how many of these players. I think the uh, the kid who has transferred in here from Idaho, who got the start yesterday at quarterback, will probably still be here. I'm sure Jaden Johnson, the quarterback, will be who didn't play at all yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have talent. There's no question about that. They have talent. And I really feel like this is a, a program of the future, and Petrino has to take the credit for it. He's turned them around. John, your thoughts on what you can expect to see from the Missouri State team as we go forward? Well, I, it's so early in the process for Coach Petrino, and it's very encouraging to see this sort of success rate already. I honestly, as much as I hope we get into the top 25 this year, as you mentioned, Ned, I'm really optimistic about next year. I think, you know, that'll be it'll it'll be a comfort level for Petrino, you know, seeing what he's got. I'll be interested to see who he can recruit to come in next year and personally, it's again the first time I've been excited about Missouri State football in unfortunately a couple of decades. <laughs> yeah. Now Ned's been saying that he's uh not happy, well he, he not unhappy, but he's been saying he's hoping that this is our only spring football league that we don't do this anymore. Jake, I want to get the, to you because I know you follow sports really closely and I I we I know their opinions on it, but what do you think about spring football? Do you follow any of these upstart leagues? Have you spent any time at all with the FCF, the Fan Call Football League? No. <laughs> I mean, I could lie to you, but no, and and I what I like about this is if you think about it, when about June, when things start kicking off for a football program, mini camps and all that stuff, and getting ready for the the season starting in September, MSU did all that. You know, Missouri State did all that. And then they had a little break. But then it's like you get all of spring. Mm-hmm. Then you start mini camps again. And then you have your regular football season to start. I think they are going to be ready to play some football in the fall because they don't really have that break. They don't have the off season. Right. To where they're going home, seeing mom and dad playing video games. You know what I'm saying? So yep. I'm looking forward to next year, too, a lot. By the same token, Jake, though, can they physically recover from a spring season in time for a fall season so close at hand? That's a really good point. And looking forward, to, you know, we have some hard games ahead of us. Um, we still have to go to North Dakota State, right? So we have some. To North Dakota. North, no, I'm it's sorry. Gr- North it's Dakota. Grand Forks. Yeah. So we yeah. have some big games ahead of us, and you could be. That, that could be right. You well, we asked that question to Coach Petrino a couple of weeks ago, and I said, you have, it, let's just say the season ends in late April. Maybe they make the first round of the playoffs or second round or whatever, and it ends in late April, maybe even early May. Will your team be ready for Oklahoma State on September 4th because the game is already on the schedule for both schools September 4th? And Petrino's answer was very terse, we'll be there. <laughs> and I, I loved it. I thought that that's great. That is that's the, we'll be ready. We'll be set to go. We'll play some football. Our listeners who follow us know that I'm interested in the fan call football league. And there was a bit of an upset. They're in the playoffs. There's only four teams in this league. The Beast were three and one, and they were against in the opening round of the playoffs the Glacier Boys. And let me point out that is with a Z at the end of it. <laughs> And the Glacier Boys were one and three. Glacier Boys upset. And then the Wild Aces, the number two seed, beat the three seed, the Zappers. So the championship game, Glacier Boys with the Z 
and wild aces. That's what's happening in fan called football. It's I know everybody's everybody's really Joe, really, that is impressive. Yes. Yeah, I know. I uh, I I'm just tonight. I'm interested in these upstart leagues. <laughs> I I do like upstart upstart football. I'm, Joe, I'm, that's not even upstart. That's, <laughs> their mothers don't even know these kids are playing in this game. Yeah, you have to yeah, I think you can only watch it online. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute with our roundtable discussion. We're going to talk about the undefeateds next on Ned Talk. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. We're back on Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. We are watching some basketball upset alert going on right now. Loyola, Chicago, 49 over number one seed, Illinois, 36 with about 10 minutes to go in the game. And our topic, our roundtable discussion that we're going to have today, undefeated. So we have an undefeated team in the nation, Gonzaga, the number one seed overall, have a shot of going unbeaten. And first, I guess I will start briefly. Ned, do you think they can do it? At first, I did not. But they I'll tell you, they played a, a Norfolk State team yesterday that is MEAC, a mid-America or mid-Atlantic Coast Conference team. And Norfolk State has a little history to them. They upset Mizzou back in the 2013, 2012, 2013, when Frank Heath had taken over the team. So they can play the game. But Gonzaga took them apart. Just absolutely riddled them. And that's a game where you thought maybe a number one team not necessarily stumbles, but just doesn't put forth their all and kind of goes, well, not Gonzaga. Mark Few had them out there playing really diligent, tough, hard-nosed basketball so the answer to your question is I, they have a shot at going undefeated. Yes, they're a very good basketball team. Are they the greatest basketball team? Are they as good as Bob Knight's Indiana team from uh, 1976? That was a pretty good ball club. Yes, it pretty was. good ball club. But uh, Gonzaga, well, in all honesty, Joe, in my bracket, I had them losing in the championship game, losing to the team <laughs> that's about to get knocked out of the ring. <laughs> Okay. All right, well, the chips can fall, you know, in the tournament. And then, mm -hmm. it, uh, you know, pathways open up. That's what's the interesting thing about the NCAA tournament is that you don't know what your path's going to be. I mean, you know that, that first game, but after that, you don't know if you're going to play, you know, a number eight seed or you're going to play a number 13 seed. And, and like you said earlier, it could make very little difference. John, your thoughts on the Zags? Can they go all the way? I really think they can. You know, Jake was mentioning something before we got on the air about um, – just the extra passes you see a lot of times with these teams in the tournament. You do not see that with Gonzaga. They pass when needed. If they're right under the basket, you can bet they're going up. One thing I noticed, and that I will say this, the 16th seed hung with them for the first 10 minutes of the first half. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. You know, they actually had the lead at a couple of points. And then it was like a switch was flipped. Mm -hmm. And I think they scored 15 points the rest of the game. I mean, Gonzaga literally had, I think, 96 or 98 points at the end of that. They can beat you inside. They can beat you mid-range. And every single guy on that team, regardless of height, can hit threes. It's just, I mean, it is an offensive deluge, and they're very smart on defense, too. John, you can make the uh, boxing analogy to this. Uh, the, uh, the champion is coming out, and he's jabbing a little bit and dancing around <laughs> there looking for that weakness. 
And, uh, you know, the other team, the other opponent in a boxing match, he's going to get in a few licks here and there. But then when the weakness has been uh, diagnosed and described by the coach and put on paper, bingo, it's all over. Yeah. It, Jake, I mean, it's impressive. That's all I can say. Jake, your thoughts on Gazaga? That You hit the nail on the head. It comes down to coaching, hands down. And, and Mark Few is one of the best guys out there. He just, he's not the one of those guys that keeps looking at the NBA, maybe. You don't hear anything in the news about him looking for mm-hmm. a different job. And what's yeah, I know that they don't play in one of the elite big conferences. And so this year, why not? Like with, with no fans again, we're going to mention that again. No fans. You're not mm-hmm. in a, a, a realm where you're surrounded by your home fans. So I think that they have a chance of doing it when they should. I mean, they've been there all year long. They've been the best team all year long. Mm-hmm. So they've had some testers. You know, they've almost lost a couple. But I think Gonzaga is the, the elite team. Um, I have them against Baylor. And so that's going to be a rough game. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is they were to have played Baylor during the regular season and the game got COVIDed out. That's the one thing that uh, I, I, I find very interesting about Gonzaga. Yes, they can. They beat all these top teams and all that that they play out of conference, but they don't play them on a regular basis. If they were in a big conference and get tested game in and game out, I don't think they'd be undefeated if that were the oh, case. No. But because their conference with San Francisco and Loyola Marymount and San Diego University, not San Diego State, and some of these others, mm-hmm. is uh, not a particularly high-powered league. They don't get tested with every game, and they are. But that takes nothing away from Gonzaga. They can play. They're a yes. good team. Something interesting I want to point out to you guys here. I interrupt our roundtable discussion that that something Loyola Chicago is doing right now you don't see very often in either league in NBA or college basketball. They've gone to a full court press, nice and uh, early. I mean, there's eight minutes to go in this game. Mm-hmm. They have a ten, they have an eight point lead right now, but they're going to a full court press after they score. So I find that kind of interesting. You don't really see that whenever a team's up. No, you don't. So they're wanting to put the pressure. They could smell. Possible upset here. Let's talk about undefeated though for mm-hmm. a second, Ned. Your what comes to mind when we say undefeated in sports? Well, the eighty-eight game winning streak of UCLA is yep. the first thing that comes to mind in college basketball, and the forty-seven game winning streak of Oklahoma mm-hmm. uh, come to mind as well, and the one hundred eleven game winning streak of UConn's Lady Huskies. Mm-hmm. That's what immediately comes to my mind. Plus, I can go to another sport. Rocky Marciano uh, retired as the only undefeated heavyweight champion. That's not to say he was the greatest because Ali and Joe Lewis and some of the other great heavyweights. Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Floyd uh, Mayweather's another one. But uh, still, it's a remarkable achievement when you consider that they're fighting within their particular genre and the circumstances are such they've been able to get through it. So, yeah, those, those are the ones that really really come down and hit me with a lot of force. Dolphins, too. Miami Dolphins. Team to talk about. But remember now, the playoff situation was a whole lot different back then. Yeah, exactly. But still, undefeated. Undefeated, yeah. nevertheless, yes. Would you think football was harder back then? Harder played? Hard, guys putting all their all in back in the 70s? Because there were lesser games, Jake, uh, maybe. I think that, it, that could be, in fact, a key to what goes on. But that's not to say that and we may have 17 games in the National Football League coming up here. <laughs> That's right. That's not to say they always all don't put forth, but mm-hmm. you're, there has to be a letdown somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wonder that too because it seems like guys – and it, I know any football guy would probably, oh, no, that's not true, but it seems like guys were tougher 
You saw mm-hmm. less. You saw less injuries. But I think that was true of all sports at that time. Leather helmets. <laughs> well, I'm not, no, I'm not even talking about that. Like a guy like, <laughs> yeah, you look at a guy like Dick Burkus, you know, mm-hmm. you look at some of those guys, those, the steel curtain NFL teams, the Raiders, the, the Chiefs, the Packers, those, those were tough teams. I mean, really, really tough, less athletic, more tough. A lot of it has to do with the, the publicity mill within your uh, team, too, and who's churning out all these press releases and how the media mm-hmm. media is lazy. Oh, they want these <laughs> press releases handed to them. Oh, look at this and such and so and so. He's done this. He's done that. All because of some media guy. Uh, you know, you know, the commissioner of pro football who really put the game. Well, it wasn't Burt Bell was the uh, commissioner who really got it started, but the guy who followed him, Pete Rosell. Pete Rosell. Oh, you know Rosell. what he did prior to. He was a press uh, media guy. He was a yep. media guy for the San Francisco 49ers. He was their PR man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that groundwork lays itself to why you hear a lot about, especially in the early days. Nowadays, the NFL, of all the, all the leagues in the world, the NFL is the one that markets itself the very best because mm-hmm. there is always something going on. They make damn sure there's always something going oh, yeah. on. That's right. Baseball used to be the best at it because they planned their, mm-hmm. you know, postseason and the, all the awards came afterwards. And then it was Hot Stove, which is still my favorite free <laughs> mm-hmm. agency. I mean, all the other free agencies are based off Hot Stove. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's changed so much with the way with our 24 hour news cycle and our attention spans. But we're way off topic here, by the way. <laughs> by the way, Jake, you're. Thoughts on undefeated? Something come to mind specifically to you? I'm very impressed. Uh, Ned and I have not hung out quite a bit, but I've always heard about your memory. Mm. And he set the rattle off Rocky, Rocky Marciano, and, and, and the 47 games of OU. That was impressive. Mm. Um, UCLA going, what, they, three of their seven championship, consecutive championship games came, or championship years came in those undefeated years. It was, mm-hmm. Three of them did. There was, it was seven consecutive yeah. championship years, but they had maybe a loss horrors during the regular season. But the 88-game winning streak encompassed three of them. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I, if I was going to put all my chips into one, um, the UConn ladies, what he's done with that group <laughs> of girls. Oh, my gosh. And because they are – they, I've never seen anything quite like it. And so if, if I was going to put – all my feathers in one hat, it'd be for them because of what they did and across the board. 111 straight games. 111. That was inclusive of playoff games. Correct. Then their regular season schedule, I think, is 125. If I, No, no, it's 122. 122 without a defeat in the regular season. South Carolina, I think it was, that ended that one. But here's one that's even better than that, in my opinion. They left the Big East in, 19, in 2012, joined the AAC. And left the ACC last year. The AAC never lost one game. They're 138 and zero. Now they join the Big East, and they've blitzed this season. Yeah, they're undefeated. Now have one loss, but it's to Arkansas down here, yeah. which I think the Lady Bears are going to be playing on Wednesday night too. <laughs> My mind goes back to the UCLA teams, John Wooden. Yep. I, not to diminish Gino or Gino Oriema or the UConn women, but. Mm-hmm. There's just not a great deal of disparity in in women's basketball. It's 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 an upper level team, and then it seems like there's two or three that maybe have a chance to win, and then the rest of the teams are just fodder mm-hmm. for those teams. So I think of UCLA, and I think of how great those teams were with uh, Lou Alcindor. 
and with uh, Bill Walton and how great those those teams are. So yeah, they weren't the only ones, though. There were a whole lot of other players who were contributing oh, yeah. factors on those teams. Yeah, but those guys, <laughs> those, those they, two they guys are two, difference makers. They were the two stalwarts. But you have to remember, too, that when Alcindor left the team, there was a one-year difference before Walton came in as a freshman, and they still won. Yep. They had uh, Dave Myers, He's uh, his sister Ann Myers, Don Drysdale's widow. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a great star. Uh, he was a great star, the brother. Uh, Dave Myers was on that team, and they had Sidney Wicks and people like that who were really top-notch ballplayers. Mm-hmm. And you also had another major advantage through to UCLA. The playoffs were nowhere near as long as oh, they are now. No, no, it no. wasn't yeah. six rounds. It was about four, mm-hmm. and that made a difference. 12-point lead as we uh, get to the five-minute mark. Illinois looking like they could possibly lose a number one seed going down to Loyola. That would be a big story. We'll keep you posted. We'll be back in a minute with Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Guy's been broadcasting as long as Ned had. Still doesn't understand live microphones and how all that works. How are you doing? <laughs> I didn't say anything that was derogatory or anything. No, no. You save that for when you know Afterward. the mics, <laughs> the mics right. are completely off before and after. Man, it's a blue streak in this room for Mr. Reynolds. No, it's not that bad. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. I'm just teasing you. What are you, uh, you going to watch this afternoon when you go home? Well, as a matter of fact, probably nothing because I do have some trimming work to do it sounds less than exciting but it has to be done is that code for something no 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 no. that's the real thing it's bushes that need to be trimmed i think it's code no i really honestly do okay all right so what about you john what are you going to go home and watch i'm gonna i'm gonna watch the tournament that's you know i love the first four days of the tournament are absolutely probably my favorite sporting time of the year there's just so much going on so much excitement so many upsets i I just look, I was crushed last year when I realized they were not going to have the tournament. So it's so much fun to be back in that spot. Jake, what about you? What are you going to watch? Same. I'm going to watch some some of these uh, college hoops. We've got the Honda Classic in golf if you're a golfer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my, I'm going to build a, I don't know how much more sports I'm going to do that. I'm going to build my, uh, put up a basketball goal for my kid, put one in the ground. Oh, very so nice. I'm going to watch her shoot some hoops. There you go. Yeah, Jake is not only a fireman, he's a contractor and he has, you have three daughters, yes. right? So anybody that has three daughters should get a special award. Oh my God! Do they yes. all play basketball? No, just this last, just the young one oh, okay. loves it. Really? The other H- ones, how the old other is two were, the other? She's thirteen. Uh, the other two are gym, in gymnastics. So well, that, they're in athletics. One just got so. engaged yesterday. Wow! Oh, congratulations. congratulations! How do you feel about that? I still have mixed emotions. <laughs> yeah, I always told them to wait till they were thirty, and then. But I'm happy for her. She's happy. I'm happy. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's great. Congratulations. John, thanks for being here. Ned, thanks for being here. We'll give you one last report on the game. Loyola up by 11 with 348 to go. Could be an upset. Want to say thanks to Corbin Campbell, Mike the Intern, Scott Meyer, Nick Fury. We'll see you guys next Sunday at noon for another round of Ned Talk. If you're just tuning in and you go, gosh, I missed it, I can download it as a podcast. Through our website, you can get it through the Cave app where you can find it wherever you get your podcast at. I'll see you next Sunday. Ned Talk, 104.7 The Cave.